I'm Wayne, and this is my Iron Maiden podcast. Sponsored by Cadbury's White Cream Eggs. I can't find any in the shops now, so hopefully a mention will make that complimentary box reappear on my doorstep. On these shows, I look at the songs of Iron Maiden and how they influenced me growing up as a boy in 1980s and 1990s Birmingham. I take stock today as well and see how I feel about them as a man approaching middle age, but not a midlife crisis. Now, I missed a sponsor a couple of weeks ago, and people still go on about it, but I try and move on. But uh, it doesn't matter, because even though it's back, I still see there's influence that the podcast has, because I saw some pictures on Twitter of people making those turkey dinosaurs in the air fryer or grill. So that's nice, isn't it? So it reaches people. Um, Although I'm not sure I can get the credit for that, because, of course, it appeared on Look for the Truth with Pterodactyl Mark. But it's nice that the podcast can influence consumer behaviour. I had other positive signs on social media, with comments from Daniel Armstrong and the Ballad of Balf, who were impressed with the four diddles and a dumb game. So, yeah, that's good. Hopefully people have been playing along while they've been listening to Iron Maiden. Now, Dave Wright on Facebook said that it was nice that the two songs by Iron Maiden with a time in the title follow each other in a chronological way. Now, I wonder if they were sat round during the Dance of Death album years later, worried that they couldn't write a song with a title between 11.58 and 2am. Well, we could do with a song to finish off the album, maybe something light or acoustic. Well, I'm not sure. What ideas we got? Shall I get the hat out with the books and film titles in? No, please don't. Oh, Bruce mentioned an idea uh, about a journeyman or something, some some sort of traveller. It's got quite a nice hook about how his day has begun. Well, hang on. What time does his day begin? Well, you didn't say. Maybe something about before the dawn, from memory. Well, it can't be before 2am. Why? Well, we've done the songs in order, haven't we? Two minutes to midnight and 2am. We can't go backwards. What do you mean? Well, it's chronological. Two minutes to midnight, and then 2am. Well, surely 2am happens before two minutes to midnight. What? Well, 2am's earlier in the day. No, I ain't having that. Yannick? <sighs> yes, Addy? What time did I go to bed last night? Half past eleven, Addy. What time do you go to bed? Oh, uh, one o'clock in the morning, Addy. So who went to bed first, then? You did, Addy. So 11.30 is before 1am, then? Yes, Addy. There you go, then. Oh, thanks a lot, Yannick. Anyway, that was feedback from last week's show, about 2am. This week, we're looking at the song The Unbeliever, which is track 11 on the X Factor album. Unbeliever is an interesting word. It's clearly about someone who doesn't believe. And a nice the in front of it as well, just for good measure. And when we don't believe something, we show disbelief. Like Andrew Whitnell on Twitter this week, he showed disbelief that there's never been any discussion about Jammy Dodger Biscuits on the show. So with that in mind, why isn't it disbeliever? It's similar with interest, isn't it? You can be disinterested and uninterested. But if you display this at school, you're not called the uninterested or the uninterested-er by the teacher. You're called a slacker. So when is it un and when is it dis? And I mean dis as a prefix. I don't mean dis like they might have used in 90s house music, like Beat Dis or Who Dis. Now, I used Google, and it says uninterested means indifferent. Like saying, I'm uninterested 
in Pterodactyl Mark's Look for the Truth series. But then, disinterested, apparently, should be used only when the intended meaning is impartial. What? So I carried on using Google and I looked at the prefixes. On is added to a word to negate the meaning. Or to be shorthand for not. So uninterested means not interested. Or in the 90s, you might say interested, not. And dis apparently reverses the meaning of the word. So dishonest might be an example. But surely that's the same as on. And this is hard, isn't it, this, this matter? Um, it's not like talking about sweets. I got quite angry about this when I was looking through it all. So you know, I felt like uncontinuing the podcast for a while and not discontinuing it. Oh, hang on. I don't know. Is, is that? Uh, anyway. Let's talk about the song. That's why we're here. And it begins nicely. Everyone kicks in together. The bass guitar follows the kick. And then there's hints that we might be getting something funky. Then we get this ridiculous bit. What are you doing? Sounds like they're just testing the equipment. You know, Nico's dusting his cymbals. And then they do it again. Just like playing these notes up and down the scale. So it's not an accident. They've repeated it. And it sounds a bit odd. Uh, a little messy. Um, it's ungraceful and disgraceful. There you go. Un and dis again. I wonder why Blaze didn't join in. You know, do some vocal warm-ups at the same time. Whoa, 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 whoa. Now, when this section ends, around 33 or 34 seconds, it sounds like there's a woo, a woo, I can't do it, a woo, why can't I say woo at the normal pitch? There's a woo, um, but done quite high. Perhaps like my original example. I should have just shut up, shouldn't I? And just said woo as I did. Anyway, um, that noise is quite strange. And it sounds like maybe it could have been fingers scraping a guitar string. But I'll tell you what, you listen. And I'll turn it up at the right moment. Now you might be thinking, oh, that's Wayne messing about, adding noises. This is another one of his cheeky games. Like four diddles and a dumb. But it isn't. If I was going to do that, I'd add a better sound effect, wouldn't I? If I was going to mess about. So stop being an unbeliever. So what is this noise? I mean, I mean, surely that section of music, that doesn't warrant any jubilant whooping. Then the song starts, and, and then the vocals come in. But we don't go back to that intro section, which is a shame. And actually, we get another new section. Um, and the guitar's a bit stop-start, and Blaze delivers his vocals around it in an unusual way. Now this could go either way, um, you know, they're doing something different and that, that could be clever, or, or it could sound silly. And to me it sounds silly. When you start to take a look within, do you feel at ease with what you see? Do you think you can appease a mind and a self-belief of Now the music might be okay on its own, but overall together it, it's not good. It's almost laughable, so I can't take the lyrics or the words seriously, or even really hear them. But obviously I've got to do that, because I'm doing a podcast about it. So here's the lyrics. 
When you start to take a look within, do you feel at ease with what you see? Do you think you can have peace of mind? And they're not talking about the Iron Maiden album, because we've all got that, so we don't ask that question. So yes, uh, do you think you can have peace of mind and have self-belief or be satisfied? So it's those themes again, looking at ourselves and questioning what we've done. So is this unbeliever someone who lacks confidence or belief in themselves? And maybe not an unbeliever in a religious way? So sadly, despite this valid sentiment, the way it's delivered in this section with the music, that, that sets the tone. And maybe we're not in for one of those end-of-album epics then. We've been spoiled a bit, haven't we, in the previous Bruce era. I mean, yeah, the least good final song on those albums might be Mother Russia, and that's still pretty decent. So even before we get to one minute in the song, we get a fourth section, another different bit. Now this seems quite ambitious, or maybe ridiculous, but luckily this bit sounds good. Then it slows down a bit, but then uh, goes back to the verse bit. So already, this might have the most number of groans in one song. Now, at least Die With Your Boots On and Can I Play With Madness only really had one. The second time around, that All My Life section that I quite liked, yeah, that, that slow bit goes on a bit longer, and Blaze's vocal gets higher when he repeats it. So this is good, some development. <laughs> So after that slow down section, All My Life, we get an instrumental bit. There's quite a nice lead section, which leads into a heavier bit with a similar vocal as before. as well as running away, is run astray. And now we get the reference to faith. So it could be about faith in religion slipping away. A bit like Judgment of Heaven, but I think it's more about faith in himself. Um, and then it repeats, and I quite like this, this pounding kick drum we get. Now the bit that follows this, it could be a bit dirtier, but it's okay. And it sounds like the band are enjoying themselves, with some nice bass guitar flourishes at the end of the lines. Then at three and a half minutes, there's what seems to be a fade out with a drum roll. So that's, this is as exciting. Oh, great. What's coming now? There's still nearly five minutes left, apparently. We're going to have some sort of atmosphere, some sort of moody contemplation for the unbeliever. Maybe some augmented triads, perhaps. You know, like in Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner. Maybe some choir pads like in Seventh Son of a Seventh Son, to sort of give it some extra oomph. Or even some monks, like in Sign of the Cross, you know, maybe you want to do a bit more tiptoeing, maybe a bit of that vibe. So should we believe in Iron Maiden, that you know, they can do the right thing and rescue this song and, and make it a worthy epic closer? Is that what they're going to do now? Now it seems to be fading out into a new slow section. And at first, it sounds promising. There's rumbling drums, and a bit of chaos from the guitar, and then the bass follows the drums, 
quite meaty and menacing. A bit like a man you've woken up at 9am on a Sunday morning when he rang the wrong doorbell to deliver a pack of sink fresheners. Now the guitar comes in and it sounds pleasant, maybe borderline cheerful. But then the second guitar comes in and becomes a solo, which again is good, and the effect on the guitar adds some atmosphere. Now Steve's fingers aren't quite held down hard enough on the bass guitar at 4 minutes 14. Maybe brushes the wrong string with his thumb, but they left this bit in, so that's nice. Then we get another solo. While all this is going on, the drums and the bass carry on their sort of march. But then there's another odd bass fart at 4 minutes 54. But I don't think they were like using copy and paste technology, so it's not the same one as before. Now this section goes on for about 2 minutes, and while nothing particularly epic happens, it's nice mood, nice intent, and you hope that it's going to lead into something good, some nice big finale. It doesn't. It's just a bit standard fare really, seems a bit of a letdown, but it's not awful, it's just yet another bit. But then we get the intro again, that funky bit which I quite liked. Luckily they don't repeat that whole structure from the start, which means they leave out that silly scraping warm up. And then they go straight into another verse. But I suppose that's also rubbish, remember. Then we get the slowed down bit, you know, the all my life. And then the sped up all my life. So yeah, we're reminded of the good bits. And you get the feeling that the song's winding down and maybe ending on a high. And that's good because it means the album is ending on a high. Because this is the final track. And then there's the intro. So yeah, that's nice. Round it off with that then. So yeah, there we go. Oh, hang on a minute. It's that stupid warm up again. So the album doesn't end on a high. We're left feeling angry. Well, I am. I mean, just imagine all the sections of every Iron Maiden song. All those glorious pieces of music. And then think about the fact that this exists. I mean, imagine someone choosing that as their ringtone. I notice there's no woo like earlier. Um, but then when the song does end, you may have noticed there's a bit of silence, it seems. Uh, you know, a bit extra seconds after the song finishes. And if you listen carefully, you'll hear someone at the end saying, that's the one. And then, yeah, that's it. Let's go and listen. That's the one. Yeah, that's it. Let's go listen. So clearly they were happy with this take. Maybe I should leave things like this at the end of sections I record for the podcast as bonus content when I'm chuffed with myself. Maybe for eventually saying things like three free, three free, three free fridge thermometers, right? Oh yes, I've done it! Yes! Like a lot of songs on the album, the themes in this song stand out. We question ourselves and others, and we often don't believe in things. Even though we should be more connected today, we don't know what to trust sometimes with information. We might not believe the news or a website. People have questioned me and this podcast, and this is outrageous. I've had people say that Dennis Stratton isn't really Dennis. I'll block them. I mean, as if this is the case. I mean, why would someone send me messages pretending to be Dennis? It's the same with Paul Diano. And you might remember, initially, I was sceptical when we first met. I asked him those security questions, didn't I? 
Profs in the comments online. Even this last week on YouTube, someone said that the clip of Depeche Mode singing Rathchold was fake. That's what they said. Just that. Fake. They even answered someone else's comment on the video, giving them reasons why it couldn't be true. Now, they didn't mention time travel as a reason for it being fake, as sometimes that causes doubt. But this is clearly okay for that person, the time travel. Their issue was that the song sounded too modern for 1980. Oh, I did tidy up the audio for broadcast, but fine, if you think it's fake. What next? I suppose you think I'm not real. Now, Steve Harris and Yannick Gers wrote this song, with no blaze. Uh, maybe that awful section at the beginning and end, maybe that was put in so that Yannick could do a jig. Now, they didn't play it live either, and that's yet another album closer they didn't perform live. And at this stage, they'd only played Fear of the Dark live from all albums after Power Slave. That's quite a shock when you think about it. Now, on this tour, the X Factor, um, Blaze did perform three album closers on it in the set. Um, so, the fact I've said Fear of the Dark, that's one. I'm sure you can guess the other two. It's the usual two. Right, I'm going to give Trevor a ring. Hi, Wayne. Hi, Trevor. What have you been doing? Well, I've been enjoying the snow. We've had snow this week. Yeah, we have, haven't we? Um, did you go out and play in it? No, I just looked out the window. Oh, how long for? About three hours. That's very specific. What made you stop? I needed the toilet. OK, uh, what else have you been doing? I've been ranking the Eurovision entries. Oh, right. How many songs are there? Well, it's over 30 now, but I think there's going to be 37 in the end. OK. Well, I see the UK entry was announced, and it wasn't you. Again. No. Well, I don't think they were impressed with Robots Need Christmas too. It's all about staging these days. OK, well, maybe I should reform Metal Ghost and offer to do it next year. Jim McGrath on Facebook said we should reform. There seems to be more demand for rock now in Eurovision. Yeah, yeah, there is. But don't reform the band, though. Why not? Well, there was no real music, was there? You just made the guitar sounds and music with your mouth. Like this. Ah, yeah. I remember that. That was You'll Be Dead. Great opener, that. Nah. I see Serbia have got a goth singing at the Eurovision. No. It is. It's goth. No, st stop saying that word. What do you think about it? I'm not sure it is. I think maybe it's industrial. Although the dancers are a bit scary. Alright, well, anyway, people aren't here to talk about the Eurovision. They want to know about The Unbeliever. Uh, is it the worst album closer to date? I'm not sure. I mean, it might be better than the early album closers, like Drifter. It's got a bit more to it. It's not Essential Maiden, is it? But I've heard worse. Have you ever been an unbeliever? Yeah, I couldn't believe it when Dennis Stratton said he could put bird's eye potato waffles in the toaster. Isn't that disbelief? Yeah. Hang on, wasn't that your example when I asked you if you'd ever been lost for words on the Lost for Words episode? Yeah, it was. I was lost for words as well. And wasn't that your example when I asked if you'd ever had any revelations? Yeah, it was a big moment. You can't keep having this one. Alright. So what about believing in yourself? Well, I said all this the other week, about believing in what you can achieve. It's a theme on this album, isn't it? Everyone focuses on the dark and the war on the album. There's some positives, if you look at it a certain way. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, sort of trying to ignore those doubts. Self-belief. And it ends with the line, 
Do you really care what people think? That's good advice. That's my approach to life and poetry. Yeah, well, it's good you've got that attitude, isn't it, with, with your poems? Uh, so have you got one this week? Yeah. I didn't believe you had the X Factor anymore. I left you for something better, or so I thought. The top man shiny shirt I bought, so I could bop to Britpop without you. It was all a blur. We both moved on, and then there you were. You changed, but we both knew I needed you. Okay, well, I quite like that. So that's about your relationship with Iron Maiden then. Hey, moved on, but then rediscovered them. No, it was about Emily Craddock. Who? Emily Craddock. She was an indie Cindy, Lego cut hair and polka dot dress. What? We used to go dancing in snobs. You wouldn't understand. Good sons like you never do. What's that supposed to mean? Anyway, I left her. I thought the grass was greener elsewhere, but it wasn't. Okay, well, I'm sorry to... Well, no, I didn't bring it up, so I'm sorry you've had to bring it up. It's all right, that's what poems are for. Write about your feelings, your past. Okay, so thanks very much for that. Um, Next week, we're going to be starting on the bonus tracks, uh, so maybe Justice of the Peace first. Oh, I thought it'd be in alphabetical order. It is, but reverse alphabetical order. Oh, all right. Well, yeah, I'll get some prepared then. Great. Okay, well, I'll speak to you Sunday. Okay, thanks, Wayne. Bye. Right, you can follow me on social media. I'm at Wayne Maiden on Twitter. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, I've got a Ko-Fi page, ko-fi.com forward slash wimp. Uh, the link's in the show notes. So, uh, yeah, if you want to leave a tip or, you know, just go over there. There's some articles and posts there. There's a shop. So, yeah, just have a look. And, uh, yeah, I'd like to thank Don McIntyre, who this last week has bought me a Fray Bentos pie. So uh, thank you very much for that. Now, back to The Unbeliever. And I think this is the worst track on the album. And it's bad because I said I felt 2AM could have ended the album. And maybe it should have. To me, this is another song, like The Edge of Darkness and others, where it might be harder to remember them, because I don't really say the title in the lyrics. Yet Iron Maiden have had the word unbeliever in a song before. Remember in Infinite Dreams, they rhymed it with neither. I wonder if it's the worst song I've covered to date. Now, Some of those songs, on Fear of the Dark, like Chains of Misery, From Here to Eternity and The Apparition, now they were bad. Oh yeah, Hooks and You, The Assassin. But they all seemed extra bad because we know what that lineup is capable of. So is this worse than those songs then? Maybe this song in, in itself is the equivalent of the Fear of the Dark album. Some great bits and some bad bits. Or maybe just like The Assassin. Maybe all Track 11s are rubbish. Because yeah, the only one we've had so far is Weekend Warrior. Now this is the problem though, because there are some good bits. I like the intro. And I like these sections with all my life in. And maybe that middle rumbling bit isn't too bad. Now I did some maths. And I found out that those bits I like. That was 6 minutes and 34 seconds. Of a song that was just over 8 minutes. That's about 80%. This was quite annoying. Because it means that only 20% of the song is verses. And that warm up bit that I don't like. Now, that's interesting because... Those bits are so bad, it makes me think I hate the song, despite that being only 20% of the song. Yet, I like 80% of it. So, so what, what's this all about? So, I'm quite angry now. So, if I like 80%, how can this be the worst song on the album? I can't even remember the aftermath. 
Oh, I suppose I've got a few weeks to sort this out before the album review show. But uh, yeah, it's interesting how my opinion has changed just during this podcast episode. So that's the album then, the 10th album. I've, I've got through it. Um, but uh, yeah, there will be an album review show as per usual. But before then, there will be those three episodes on the bonus tracks that were really B-sides and only a bonus track on certain issues of the album. And I'll go into that during the episode. So yeah, you can join me next week for Justice of the Peace. So uh, yeah, that should be nice. Um, so yeah, thanks for listening and your support. And uh, yeah, I'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.